Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Left Turns and Loud Noises. We are recording live on Tuesday, August 18th, 2020. I'm your host, Anthony Dietrich, always feeling nice here on the podcast. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, partner in crime, Kevin Costello. What's up, my dude? Yeah, just having a really nice day, man. It's uh, some nice weather, starting to get a little bit cooler and... Just a nice uh, overall feeling going back to Tallahassee this upcoming weekend, so it's going to be a nice start to my senior year. Dude, that, that, that's pretty nice, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, uh, it is know, pretty honestly, nice. I'm having a nice day here, too. It's, um, you know, it's nice outside. Uh, you know, weather's not too bad. Still says in the 90s, but it's a cool 90s. Humidity isn't killing me. I, I, feel, I feel nice today. That's good. Yo, Kevin, I just realized something. What? It's episode 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. All right. So we got we had a lot planned for today and a lot of things uh kind of fell through, but we're gonna try and do our best. Had an interview we were trying to line up. Maybe it drops, maybe it doesn't. We'll see what happens when they DM us back. Um, but in the meantime, we got a lot to talk about. Um, I'm currently still recovering from uh getting dicked down by the sun this weekend in Daytona. Uh, we got Indy 500 previews and an unusual pole sitter, and uh, the playoff picture is getting really, really wacky right now. I, I, I mean, we had a lot of implications come through this weekend, so let's first of all start with the first ever weekend at the Daytona Road Course, and uh, Kevin, take it away. What did you think as a fan viewing it at home? Um, what was your experience? Um... I know... Because NBC... I heard NBC's coverage was terrible. Yeah, NBC <laughs> definitely... You, I mean, you can tell both uh, Fox and NBC have struggled this year without having people at the track, but I feel like this weekend more than ever, just because people are like, oh, well, you know, it's not like they have to, um, haven't had to, it's like a new track, they got to figure all that out. I'm like, they literally mm-hmm. do that every year for the Rolex 24. I don't exactly shit. Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was rough. Zero post-race coverage. I get that because they went over their window, but literally, like, I know you couldn't see it because you were there, but after Chase Elliott crossed the checkered flag and went through the international horseshoe before he even got to the little kink in the infield yeah. part they were off air that's ridiculous it so was nuts was, they were they were on big nbc i assume 
Yes, they were. So, and on a Sunday, I have to assume during what is now playoff hockey time, there was a hockey game right after. No, it was local news. That's actually bullshit, then. Yeah, it was. Weird. I was like, I, I was like, oh, they probably went to NBC SN, and I missed that. And then that was actually hockey. And then I was like, okay, let me check back. Maybe it was just a weird commercial break. And no, I they, guess just... they put it on gold. <laughs> no, maybe. But I mean, I mean that's it... still not fair to the fans. I mean, not every fan is going to have like NBC Gold. And everyone's not cool like us. So yeah. that's 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 a tough look right there. I gotta. I got to admit, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was very tired um, by the time Chase Elliott came across the line. Um, I, I pretty much left before the burnout because I'm not going to wait <laughs> five minutes for him to do the whole stupid road course. Yeah, right. To, they, I mean, that was just like me and the guys I was there with. And Okay, so I want to just give a quick shout out to Matt Weishart, Mark Sebetka, and Brian Horowitz, the boys I was hanging out with over the weekend. You guys were awesome. Showed me a lot of hospitality. And honestly, um, you know, Mark's a great, or I'm sorry, Matt's a great photographer and took some great shots somehow from the stands. So you, if you're an aspiring photographer, you can do it from anywhere, it looks like. But um, from the stands point of view, we left the track, um, like, pretty much right after Chase was about to go through the whole um, infield po- portion. We were exhausted at that point. And, uh, I mean, he had, like, even in two laps, probably a 10-second uh, lead on second place in the rest of the field. It wasn't really anything to, to really watch coming to the line. Um, I will say that the sun was preposterous most of the day, and that lightning delay, once that happened, the track cooled down. Um, the whole area was much better to deal with. That's good. Yeah, yeah it was um, nice and cool on my couch in the AC, so that was uh, a lovely experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, I feel like it just shows why we don't race in Florida in the hot summer afternoon mm-hmm. in the summer months. Like, I think the, the, the Coke Zero 400 is great at night or like an yes. 11 a.m. start time, something like that. But yeah, besides that, it's, uh, yeah, mid afternoons. That's just asking for people to bake. And I guess, I mean, the TV window was kind of iffy from the get go just because the Indy 500 qualifying, which, was right on NBC before, um, so mm-hmm. they were kind of limited to where they could schedule it, and I get that. Um, but I mean, I'm glad you you and some friends had a good time there. Any? Did you yeah. see the uh, the Bubba Wallace spin on the last lap that no one got to see? Um. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I saw it, and of course, I'm absolutely furious about that. You know, me and all the guys were really upset, uh, kind of screaming obscenities at that point. But of <laughs> course, we could hear the uh, yee ass rednecks uh, cheering at that point, um, which was a little infuriating. But you know, you, you get it. You you like and you hate some drivers. And I will say, uh, obviously, it looked like Bowman got into him, and we were all kind of trying to figure out what happened. Someone said it looked like Logano got into him, and I think that's what happened is Logano got into Bowman, who got into Bubba. I thought it was Kaz Grawl, and I was going to be furious because I was <laughs> super excited to be a Kaz Grawl fan on Sunday. And for that to have happened, or potentially it happened, would have just ruined my whole Sunday. Um, so, I mean, a shame because Bubba's not a, a good road course driver. No offense to Bubba Wallace, but he is no. not known for his road course skills. And he definitely found himself in that position late because of obviously the late race caution but um you know i mean he was holding on there and, and doing a good job not really his fault he got sent the same thing with justin allgaier on saturday it wasn't really his fault he got sent yeah we'll get it's to that uh, in a minute that 
Yeah, there was a lot of moments, especially during the infield portion, where people were just getting sent pretty much. It happened to Kevin Harvick yeah. from Christopher Bell. Kevin Harvick, yeah. Yeah, which uh, what suck happened to? I think Christopher Bell got sent too, and he in sent that, himself. Uh... Oh, he sent himself. Ah, oh, cla- yeah. classic. I think this is now the fifth time he spun himself out. Yeah. I, I, Joe Gibbs made a great decision. <laughs> John Hunter sent himself in mm-hmm. the. I or he, he got sent by Ryan Priest, I think it was, or maybe vice yeah. versa, one of them. And then no one, Noah Gregg seemed it though during the uh, the kink. That was that was mm-hmm. fun that to was... watch on Saturday. Yeah, he got a little aggressive there, and uh, somehow still finishes in the top five with a broken yeah. car. I mean, has a, <laughs> there's a lot going on in that Xfinity race. We'll get to that. But going back to the Cup race, um, it was pretty much the third stage was like I was expecting it to be like the first Roval at Charlotte, where we're gonna get a lot of interesting cautions. Um, some interesting restarts and it just never really happened strategy was playing out and I was enjoying it because obviously it gave Kazgarl a chance to lead but um, you know Logano's weird strategy didn't work out at all uh, and we got one late race caution because Kyle Busch's car was just a broken disaster yeah. this is the one time I think Kyle Busch's car was actually broken that he couldn't do anything with it mm-hmm it was wild. I mean, I don't know what it was like on TV, but all of a sudden Kyle Busch just pulled into the garage and we're all like, what happened? And then um, looking at the replay, one of the guys I was sitting with who's like an SCCA driver was just like, oh, dude, the brakes are completely cooked on that car. Like, brakes are shot. And yeah, that was it for Kyle Busch. Having a great day, too, after spinning early. Or not spinning, locking up and having to pit early. Yeah, he. Uh, I I expected his day to go a lot better than it did, considering I picked him as my favorite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Like I, I don't think anyone expected Kaz Grawl to get a top ten in his inaugural start, um, in the Cup Series. So shout out to him for a first RCR, not RCR, but first top ten by the number three car in a road course in mm-hmm. probably this millennium. Um, yeah, and and then. What other notables from the race? Yeah, Chris Buescher, out of nowhere, top five. Shouts out. Shout out yeah, to you for a, that. He, he was having a great day, too, all day. It wasn't like mm-hmm. this was out of nowhere. I kept looking, and Chris Buescher just kept, like, staying in the top ten. And, you know, Brad was right. The Roush Yates engines um, are really, really good at road courses, and it definitely proved um, that way. So, I mean, Chris Buescher's got to be a guy that's going to be on your radar for the Roval now, I feel like. I, I would agree, yeah. Yeah. And also, shouts out Michael McDowell. You know, obviously, people expect him to show something at road courses. He was running top five, running in third place at one point and actually holding on. Um, you know, he was having a really good day. I think he finished in 10th. And I uh, got to say, Jimmy Johnson, I I had not seen that spark from him in a minute. And, uh, you know, the new car looks great. I think that was a great, great performance for that guy needing all the points he got he got 41 points scored the third most points i'm sorry fourth yeah. most points um this weekend which is huge for his playoff implications oh yeah there, there was a point those last two laps when it was him and truex were battling out for third mm-hmm. um and then hamlin was catching on chase elliott and i was like how funny would it be at the the next inaugural roval quote-unquote race if the top two got into it, wrecked out, and then it was a battle between Jimmy and Truex. Like <laughs> that would have been storybook stuff, but we that's didn't get what that. I was expecting. Honestly, yeah. I was just like, okay, so like Hamlin and and Chase are gonna wreck each other, and Johnson's gonna win. Yeah, Chase, gonna Chase, Chase is just so good. I don't know if it was the the package or whatnot, but that that tall blade. Um, it's hard to get runs 
coming off initially just because there's not as much there's too much dirty air during the uh, the turn so it was really hard to for denny to make a run because i think he actually had the better car at the end so mm-hmm. he was closing and closing each lap but then chase would coming out of the uh the infield portion would just gap him too much and he couldn't do anything with it he was gonna have to really yeah. die bomb him or or punt him which i would have been fun for you because i feel like that would have been awesome to watch but no overall great uh Good job by Chase and H- Hendrick. Finally, looked like they were a better team. This sh- one of the top teams this week for the first time in, oh, maybe since the pandemic. I was gonna say maybe Charlotte, yeah, or Bristol, maybe. I, I don't like, know. Chase, yeah, he won at Charlotte, but the other Hendrick cars, from my memory, yeah. were not good that night, and yeah, all four not. cars were decent this week. Yeah, no, they definitely need needed that spark, and uh, hopefully that spark continues through the playoffs. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. But Chase gets his second win. I will say from the stands, uh, the point of view there, lots of Chase Elliott fans, even though everyone was spread out, and that's like the first time in a while I've been to a NASCAR race where everyone it felt like the crowd kind of came alive for Chase Elliott. There was a lot of applauding at the end, a lot of cheering, nice. even for the small amount of fans there. It was kind of cool. Obviously, like, I didn't mind Chase Elliott winning. Um, me and my friends were mostly just rooting for chaos. We got really <laughs> happy when um, when uh, the caution came out late because I was just, like, jokingly like, yes, now Chase Elliott has to earn it, you know, kind of as a joke. Obviously, going out to a 30-second lead, in my opinion, is earning a win. But, um, yeah, at least we got to see some type of excitement near the end of the race, which NASCAR yeah. advertised. I don't know so, if y'all had any um, scanners, but with uh, I don't no. know if it was ten to go, Alan Gustafson came over, Jelly Sally on the radio. He was like, "Hey, save your tires because you know this late restart's coming." I'm like, "Oh God!" And sure enough, yeah, yeah, yeah um, definitely smart um, play calling there. By I was I was surprised Gustafson didn't just call him into the pits at the end or or just doing something stupid. Um, <laughs> so you know, honestly, overall, like. Not the greatest race in the world, and I don't think NASCAR should try and do this again with all four series. Maybe just the Xfinity guys can come here or something. But um, overall, I was it was cool seeing something unique that we had never seen before in NASCAR. So that was kind of fun. Um, but I think a big factor with like the clean racing had to do with these fact the fact these cars are made out of tin foil, and they didn't want to yeah. try and push it as hard as they could. Yeah, my my philosophy, and I know we've kind of delved into it before, but go to actual new road courses. Um, yes. I think the Roval in itself is amazing. It's perfect. The sight lines are great there because it's all right there, and it's in a short mile and a half. Um, yeah. And, but it's so unique that it, no one should copy it. And if you want to go see a road course race at Daytona, there is a 24-hour race in January that mm-hmm. you can 100% attend, and it's a blast, and could not recommend There's that. There's SECA races you can attend there, too, that are the yeah. course that are just as fun. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we need... I'm, I'm still... I hate the clash that it's a uh, a road course now. That that first opening weekend felt... That was probably my favorite weekend there um, working, <laughs> and I'm not too happy that it's on the road course on a Tuesday night now. Yeah, but we have the week of speed now, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I I, I like the idea of making a multi-class uh clash race with all the pole winners. Um, I would from, love that. Honestly, that would be I would, awesome. I'd be cool with that. Like, what now a way to kick off the season. Here's the thing, though. It's like all the cars are too close to each other in speed that it's like 
genuinely like a truck or a, an Xfinity car could actually win Good. the Clash would be pretty <laughs> embarrassing for the Cup cars. I'd opinion. love that. It's not like the DPIs and the GT2s who have a stupid gap between their speeds. It's like, no, these cars are all pretty balanced, in my opinion. The trucks actually... I gotta admit, those trucks really handled very well. Like the cup cars looked like they were just sliding. The the trucks looked like they were doing really well out there on the road course, which was really nice to watch. They were braking earlier than the cup guys, but God, were they driving really well? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, not worse than the Xfinity series. Which I feel like the the big highlight of the weekend, man. That was. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun race. <laughs> yeah, so the expanding race was a good time. We had uh, unbelievable battle between Chase Briscoe and, and um, Austin Sindrick coming into the end of stage two, which was so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Those guys really have a competitive spirit between the two of them, and both now have five wins on the season. Like we have Hamlin and Harvick in Cup, and now we got Chase and Austin in Xfinity, and Cindric once again showing that he's the best road racer in the Xfinity Easy, Yeah, by, he's in a league. I mean, Briscoe's up there with him. I think he's the only yeah, one that Briscoe's can touch him. Yeah, Briscoe's definitely very good, too. But besides those guys, yeah, it's like, if they're A-tier, the next person would be, like, C-tier for me. That's not a road mm-hmm. course ringer. Like, yeah, they're I mean, just Almondinger, so far out ahead. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Almendinger definitely could have done something, but I, it just never felt like he had the car to get there. But, I mean, we, we saw some good racing, and that, that race advertised those restarts perfectly because we got some shit shows going into turn one. And yeah. I think it all kind of delved down to what we got with the two MHR cars leading the field on shitty tires and uh, just everyone missing their breaking point like Roval 2018. So since fun, fun stat. Since Justin Haley's win at Talladega two months ago in the Xfinity Series, in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine races they've had, eight of them have been won by Chase Briscoe and Austin Sendrick, and the only other one that was won was Brandon Jones. Uh, yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, and, so, uh, I mean, yeah. history was made, though, on Saturday. This is the first time, I think... Um, since Sam Ard, that a driver has won five of six races. Yeah, he Centric's streak right now is literally borderline insane. We're gonna look back and be like, "Holy crap!" Someone actually did that. He's won five of the last six, and the only time he didn't win, I think he finished second. He finished second. Yeah, the brand Jets. Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, what Austin Centric doing is historic, and this is like we're in the moment. And Austin can continue doing this, too. I don't think there's any reason to believe that he might not be a car to have to deal with um, at Dover this weekend. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what's ne- what, what exactly he can do next. Because, I mean, what Austin Cedric is doing is historic. But, um, yeah, going back to um, everyone sending it into turn one, I mean, that took out a lot of good cars, including Chase Briscoe. Which I was kind of surprised. I didn't think Briscoe got too much damage in that whole incident but i mean he really took a beating when you look at the replay yeah yeah uh, that was, it was i wish they would have put the wall a little closer to penalize mistakes if i'm gonna be honest <laughs> yeah um that's just the chaos of me because like roval turn one heartburn turn one of the most iconic moments i feel like of the 2010s was everyone just full sending it off into turn one, and we didn't really get that opportunity this weekend, but they, they sure as hell tried in that Xfinity race. Oh, they start. were trying. 
Oh yeah. They were trying to find grip wherever they could. And I mean, that's just, that's just what it came down to. I, I mean, some cars may be trying to find grip on the outside with cars with bad tires, cars with bad tires, just not being able to turn. And then our boy, Brandon Jones and Justin Allgaier were like, all right, bet. See you guys later. We hit our breaking points. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone just completely boofed it at that point. And I mean, you know, it's a tough look for our boy, Preston Pardis, who was having a great race again, um, ends up a uh, victim in that huge wreck. I uh, ended up wrecking out. Unfortunately, we saw a bunch of cars getting wrecked coming out of turn one. Uh, Daniel Hemrick is another one and hate, hate ripping on Hemrick on this podcast, but it feels like we always have an opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you watched the race live, right? Yes. I watched it live. So you saw how awkward it was for Dale Jr. to call that. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Oh, like you could just hear him just, he was mad, but like also, it's at the point where you're like, you're used to someone just messing up so much that you're just like, you're past the point yeah. of anger. You're just kind of like, eh. <laughs> that eight car really is the 60 from two years ago. Yeah, it, it's bad. It, it, the only thing it hasn't done at this point is flipped over. Oh, we, we still, still got there's still time. There's still we time. still got a Daytona and a Talladega race. Exactly. There's still time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, a couple other notables. I think Riley Herbst spun five times in that race for them on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because him and him and Noah um, that one research they were one two like the Las Vegas boys and Herb spun in the international horseshoe and then Gregson yeah just completely sent it um, yeah during and I, I'm surprised more people didn't do that in the uh, the kink right there because like with the IMSA cars they have, corner. they have so much downforce there where they can pretty much go flat out and it's just like turning the wheel a little bit but you actually have to brake and like adjust your line with mm-hmm. that in a uh, a stock car, and then it's it's dangerous because it's kind of like what if you get off in the grass, you're right into the firing line. Um, with the uh, the West Horse, you like, did you see what happened? This is pretty off topic, but in the Moto GP race at Austria this weekend, uh, no, I did not. Oh my goodness! So going up into turn, I think it's three, the one where Max Verstappen passed Leclerc last year, yeah, I know, what you're um, about. for his win, so. Two bikers got into it going up that chute, and then both their bikes were flying straight, and it was a slow turn. And Valentina Rossi, who's like one of the best MotoGP, yeah, yeah, like so. It's like the only name I know. Two bikes missed him by about six inches. Good lord! Yeah, you get a chance to watch that replay when you can. It's horrifying. I really don't watch MotoGP because that's like the closest death i feel like any drivers are in any sport it's too i mean it's too nerve-wracking for me literally six six inches and he might have been dead because good lord well that, thank god like, for, those bikes uh, were flying at like at least 100 miles per hour straight at them and i know they're like their uh fire suits are kind of airbags but it's that would have been ugly so thank god nothing bad happened there yeah well that was an interesting off topic there, but um, I'll 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 make sure to check it out. But yeah, going back to that situation in Daytona, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm surprised more cars like did not end up getting into uh, huge accidents. I think that um, you know, that was one thing I was expecting to see. But Gregson still finished third, anyways, with after yeah. doing that. So I mean, you know, it, it was half the chaos, half you know, just kind of lucking out that his car didn't get destroyed. I mean, the grass was super wet. We had two lightning delays i'm pretty sure for um the xfinity race and we had another late night finish it felt like so not as late as the arca race but yeah it oh was yeah a, no, uh... the arca race i thought was never gonna 
There, there was a um, point with the Xfinity race where I was like, damn, they're really going to run a triple header on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it kept feeling that way. But um, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad I didn't have to wake up at 5 in the morning to start driving to Daytona. Yeah, that was like I got to at least have some breakfast. Um, okay, so anything else from Xfinity? Or... No, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, speaking of your breakfast, do you, uh, you want to say who you saw at breakfast? Yeah, so I saw pretty much like five of the guys from Denny Hamlin's crew, including Chris Gabehart, I'm pretty sure, just having a nice breakfast at uh, first watch. And then right in front of me is uh, my best friend, Corey LaJoy, who I guess didn't recognize me because I wasn't wearing a stupid shirt, even right. though I'm wearing a tie-dye <laughs> shirt. I, I, yeah. I felt like he would have looked at me and be like, hey, you're the idiot that wore that dumb shirt at Talladega. Yeah, that no, was Corey uh, LaJoy was having breakfast right behind me, and I didn't want to say anything, didn't want to bug him because I, I assumed he was with his family or whatever. Dude, honestly, Randy was probably there. I didn't even notice. Probably, I feel Dude, like that's so... I feel like an idiot. But I feel um, like that it... breaks a lot of the rules, though, with what drivers. No, it definitely are. felt like it was breaking <laughs> the rules because I mean, not to throw Corey under the bus, but uh, let's just say no masks were being worn when uh, standing out in the open. Yeah. At yeah. the table, it doesn't matter, but when you're standing trying to get the breakfast, it's like, okay, well, yeah. Listen, I mean, they, the NASCAR NASCAR drivers definitely are being tested. We lost Austin Dillon this weekend, and so if Corey catches anything, it's not my fault yet. Yeah, yet. we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm. I, I will admit, um, I'm definitely not trying to go to this race in two weeks because I don't feel great right now. It's a combination of walking upstairs the sun beating me to death and uh yeah potentially i may have gotten sick i don't know i'm self-quarantining right now and i'm getting tested on friday to find out so yeah well good luck with that um yeah man hopefully i don't have COVID, so i can enjoy the 8500 with friends um but anyway so let's move on to after breakfast with the truck race um and yeah the um kevin the sun is hot Sun is hot, but not as hot as Sheldon Creed's haircut. I mean, yeah, dude, Sheldon what Creed's a what hot. a flow that man has, and I guess an under road underrated road course racer. I did yeah, not expect so, him I mean, to take that. We should have actually seen this coming, though. He has a background in stadium trucks. X game uh, gold medalist in 2015, according to the uh, loudspeaker Daytona, which I didn't know that. That's awesome. So yeah, Sheldon <laughs> Creed, um, Daytona winner and X game champion. That's that's pretty awesome, right there. So good race for him. He found himself multiple times in a great position him and brett moffitt definitely had the best trucks all day um and i will say like you know it was fun watching them battle without having to tear their trucks up sheldon hit the nail right on the head i'm he was like i'm glad that uh brett raced me cleanly because it, it was fun yeah. it was definitely fun yeah that was i i think we're because we we when we were recording last week we said two out of the four races at least are going to have a first lap caution and none did and i i feel like we just assume the truck race is going to be the most lethal in terms of equipment getting torn up. And I feel like it was mm-hmm. the cleanest. Ah, eh, well, it depends on who you're talking to. Christian Eckes absolutely took a beating coming to the line. I, I That's mean, that true. Was a, that was a bad wreck. Yeah, that was. Well, yeah, once he got turned in that uh, infield grass after getting absolutely soaked, you knew it wasn't going to be pretty. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say, like, definitely the Xfinity guys took probably the most beating of the weekend and that had a lot to do with the rain because when you went into that bus stop they um the cars were just getting destroyed i mean we got that gif of um josh williams going bowling uh justin haley absolutely just destroyed his front end hitting the wet um the wet grass there and then you saw on sunday 
with it being a million degrees outside, it dried up in the back straightaway, and a bunch of trucks went through that uh, gravel and didn't die. So, really impressive. Yeah. Also, no splitters on trucks, so that kind of helps. Yes, this is um, this is true. But yeah, no, Ekis definitely. I was watching. I like, I didn't see the wreck happen in, in real time because I was looking in the infield for some idiotic reason. I don't know why, but all of a sudden I just hear "oh," and everyone, and I see the truck in the air. I was like. Fuck. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely, uh, you know, I felt bad for him because it was so hot. I'm sure other drivers were dealing with dehydration. I mean, Justin ha- or Justin Haley, JJ Yaley legitimately had to be replaced midway through the race with yeah. uh, Bailey Curry uh, for the cup guys. Um, and he passed out and fell down in the garage. Like, you know, thank God he was okay. But I mean, the temperatures were hot and it, it was like nothing to around with it. Eckes definitely took way too hard of a beating um, at the end there. And I feel bad mm-hmm. for him. He's definitely, like I keep saying every week, he's going to win a race soon. But, yeah, um, I, I was going to be really happy for you because he seems like your boy, or at least you you pull for him every week. And he was leading late, and I'm like, this is the time. And then, no. Nope. Yeah, it's just another one of those situations with KBM trucks. Like, when is this going to happen? It's, it's, yeah. it's the same thing as last year. And I really, really do not want to see them release Ekis and Lassard, I know Lassard has been extremely disappointing. He was having some good moments during the truck races on Sunday, but it's like, I, I believe in Eckes, but Chandler Smith is also right there waiting in the wings. And obviously, you can't let Ty Gibbs sit there forever. He is, he's really good, so. Yeah, he'll be up as yeah. soon as he turns 18. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of Ty Gibbs, you want to move over to some ARCA action? Yeah, Ty Gibbs um, didn't win the race, but... Yeah. He, he did have a, a good had a run. great battle, though. He did. Yeah, that was a fun battle. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Dynaco man yeah. himself, Michael, Michael Self, for winning again at Daytona this year. Yeah, I know. That's two wins at Daytona. It's more than any other ARCA driver has ever done uh, in a year. So eat your heart out, Bobby Gearhart. Yeah. You know? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but for real, though, I mean, that was a fun race. I, I expected ARCA not to be really anything but drivers just kind of feeling it out, especially with rain tires. Arca Night in America with rain tires. What a concept, right? Yeah, I don't know how they kept it so clean. Like, I'm surprised no one flew out of the track. Yeah, I was. <laughs> All de- those combinations. They were definitely dri- oh, they were driving so slow, dude. Like there was like the I think uh, Ty Gibbs pulled away to a minute lead over last place on the first lap. <laughs> but on the real though, I mean, I, I will say Michael Self and, and Ty Gibbs definitely when they were battling each other, it's fun to watch. Overall, really impressed with those guys. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out to uh, Will Rogers. Um, he had a good race going on there. Just couldn't really move into that top four with those guys. But uh, you know, it's fun to see some of these guys showing up and uh, trying to make the most of it. I'm pretty sure we talked about this with Brad, one of the the owner of Pocono, or someone like a guy who owns a track was racing in Arca. I'm yeah, the sure. CEO of Pocono, who was yes. Um... I want to say it was Nick Igdalzi. Yeah, I, you would be correct, and and good pronunciation there. I'm sure he'd be Thank impressed you. with that. I mean, he finished 14th out of um 21 cars. He top 66 percent. There, yeah. there you go. That's almost for passing him. in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't uh, think that uh, math is right. No. Uh, I will yeah, say, I, hey, shouts out real quick. The return of Colin Braun. He showed up out of nowhere, replacing Sam Mayer. And I never thought I'd see that man ever again. 
but I was very, I don't very think excited I knew that. to see Colin Braun. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only person in America excited to see Colin Braun. Oh, Every man, time I, was... I think of Colin Braun, I remember he had a really bad truck crash at like Atlanta or something, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, I tried to. I restarted a um, Dirt to Daytona career a couple years ago on my PlayStation, and I was like, I don't have a driver. I don't know who to pick, and I was like, "Fuck it, Colin Braun." <laughs> <laughs> so, it made me happy as a as a little nerd. So uh, yeah, that's what happened uh, with NASCAR. And uh, overall, Kevin, what like I said, my piece as to NASCAR is at the road course and you said your thing with the clash, but do you think that there's a future with the Daytona road course in NASCAR? Or was this just a one-off year? I hope it's a one-off year. I think the only potential that it has is being the clash, but I think the oval would be better suited for the clash, but I guess that I, I do love that idea of, if you're gonna, if you're gonna want to spice up the clash, don't make it just 15 cars going around a road course. Please don't make it all three series. That would be so cool. Uh, if only, if only we had if someone only. who on the podcast who might have uh, ear uh, mouth and NASCAR's ear. That yep. sounds really gross when I say it that way. <laughs> it does a little bit. Um, but yeah, Give I a mean, nice wet willy with your tongue. It was it was fun. I like both the Robles we've seen better being, I guess, the Indy Roval, if you want to count it that. And yeah, the, uh, no, Indy Roval was fantastic. The actual Roval because of like the last two laps it legitimately mm-hmm. was last 17 laps were so exciting and yeah yeah charlotte yep but moving on another great moment um from sunday we have an andretti on the pole for the indy 500 oh cool yeah no i definitely did not see that coming um you know i looked at my uh my phone and i saw marco andretti on the pole and that's historic right there good for marco he's had a miserable last few years so this yeah. is awesome good for him it was funny watching it on tv though because his last few laps of that qualifying was like the second to last lap of the truck series race so i was literally flipping through seeing his time and then checking over the truck race and like it, it was hectic i wish there would have been better scheduling there but not much you can do about that but yeah but shout out to uh marco the whole andretti squad honda mm-hmm. just looks like they're in another league than chevy which is funny because there's only two manufacturers so unless chevy has a better race pace it's gonna be a long day for them yeah so i i just wasn't watching much of the indie practice or qualifying but you know a lot more than what's going on with it so i mean you know <laughs> yeah um I like I said, I was at Daytona during that, so I had no I had no service, nothing like that for for any of that good stuff. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. So we had um I'm trying to think else from the weekend to highlight was Alonzo. It, wasn't Palau uh, like on the or VK? Wasn't one of them like on the pole for a minute and it was looking like a rookie was gonna be on the pole for the five hundred or am I VK and Palau, I think both made the fast nine, but they weren't. Good I think VK is on the second row. Um, oh, they, yeah, because they line up by threes, right? Which was cool. VK hit, I think, the fastest speed overall, at least what NBC showed. He hit 240, 240. on his yeah, first lap going, like, the going into turn one. Turn one. Yeah. That's Absolutely so dangerous. Disgusting. <laughs> I know, man. I, but I also, like, damn. These cars are cool. way too fast right now. No, I don't think they're too fast. Okay, I mean, I guess Sunday will be the real test, but with the arrow screen, there's at least hope. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll get into our Indy 500 preview in a minute. <laughs> but um, shouts out Marco, good for him. Yeah. And, um, I will say we had our first incident of the 500 
weekend with uh, Fernando Alonso, unfortunately, getting uh, into the wall off turn four. Uh, much like every rookie learns at Indianapolis, don't put your tires on the concrete. Just don't do it. Yeah, it's 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 not smart. Um, he he learned the hard strat- way. Better better he learned this Sunday than uh, next Sunday, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Indy, one more thing I thought was really cool. So after qualifying, they had practice on um, NBCSN, and Scott Dixon out of turn four hit the wall, messed up his like front suspension, and he, he pretty much hit all four tires, like either on the outside wall or inside wall. Took an hour to repair it. Came back and set the fastest lap of the qualifiers or of the man. If session. that's not a if that's not a good omen for this upcoming Sunday, I don't know what is. Scott right, Dixon, that like how badass that. is that? <laughs> Scott Dixon, man, I'm telling you, he's 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 got to be the odds-on favorite to win the 500 this year. It's like him and Rossi, man. I'd say, and I would. Go I'd say with, Dixon over Rossi. Oh, oh well, yeah, especially no, if you're what you're saying about the Chevy engines is true. Yeah, now they're they're all Hondas, so I don't know at that point. It's gonna be. Wait, I thought Rossi was a Chevy. No, he's he's Honda. He's with Andretti. They're all Hondas. Andretti looks it's, like they have the fastest car. The Napa car. confuses me. Yeah, CGR um, is right behind, and then Penske way back. But I mean, if they yeah. if they have better race pace, then we'll see. It, it, I mean, it's it's a long race, but it's a fast race too because it's five hundred miles in about two and a half hours with how fast they're going. Oh, yo, going back to Daytona Road Course, so real quick, uh, shouts out James Davison doing Indy five hundred qualifying, and then coming over to Daytona because he thought he had a chance to win the race. Yeah, I, I think he's going to regret that quote. decision. <laughs> what a quote. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go to the road course because I have a chance to win. I believe my Rick Ware racing car. Yeah, I think he was thinking like <laughs> he was, was going to replace Austin Dillon or something, and no one told him it was Kaz Grala. Um just because, Oops. yeah, you're not going to win a race in a Rick Ware shitbox. It's no offense, but. <laughs> Where were you when Kaz Grala led the road course? Yeah, like, I, I think Davidson actually would have had a chance. But if, yeah. uh, if I'm him, not even hindsight, I'm, I'm making that decision in the moment. Like, take the three-hour practice session for the Indy 500, which is such a bigger race than the Daytona road course, or you're not going to finish in the yeah. top 20. I'm I'm getting a little off topic. Wasn't like years ago. I think 2017. He was like literally a rolling chicane on. Or am I thinking of the uh, someone else? Of the, the Indy 500. Yeah. So you remember Scott Dixon's flip? Yeah. Yeah, he caused that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so it was that year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe he needs those three hours of practice. Yeah. So he, he James Davison got away with attempted murder of Scott Dixon, but nobody's ready for that conversation, and now he's back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, Kevin, you ready for the F1 minute? I am, yeah. It's the F1 minute! And we're bringing like an it back because holy shit, that was not fun. Yeah, it was more like an F1 15 seconds because, yeah, ha- Hamilton good, Verstappen good, Botas good, rest of the field was a lap down. Um, Vettel, <laughs> much. Vettel was his strategy and driver. Um, Leclerc had an oopsie because Ferrari bad. And then, besides that, yeah, Barce- Barcelona, man, like, it's a great testing track but for racing holy shit man <laughs> yeah no and i think that i watched a video that kind of broke that down like yeah they they test for like nine days there no shit all these cars are going to be on yeah. their p's and q's when they get there like someone said it's like a monaco but without the glitz and glamour and i'm like yep yeah, that's yes. about it and like, it's also a million degrees there are passing sessions like turn one if you get a good runoff you can pass. Don't get me wrong, and that yeah, you can make no, some good I, outside I, I moves. Like sector sector one's pretty good, but 
sector mm-hmm. two and three, it's just a bunch of slow corners and you can't make a move because there's not enough. Either there's it's like a one groove and the outside groove isn't helpful at all or the straightaways aren't long enough to where you can't get a run off the previous corner. It's just, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Hey, shouts out pink I, Mercedes, though. I heard that the, um, I guess now that we're on the topic, so F1, I heard that the schedule for next year is pretty much just going to be what it was this year. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's good. So no one's losing a date it sounds like brazil i think is the only one in question but besides that it it should be um the same and then oh. what else uh i like how you got louder when you said brazil like just yes. living the meme <laughs> nice uh but for this year i saw not officially yet but the final calendar is going to be after emila um turkey and oh, they're Istanbul. bringing back Turkey? Yeah, and then they're Ooh. going to Bahrain for the road course. And then, or I guess it's it's all road course. The the Grand Prix Yeah, layout. what are you saying? And then they're going for the somewhat oval layout on Bahrain the week after. Okay. And then they're going to wrap it up, of course, at Yas Marina. But, yes. but I, think, yeah, I, I think it's a triple header to end the, the season, which is going to be pretty cool, even though there's probably not going to be a championship fight, but just three weeks in a row of F1 will be nice. So this weekend, obviously, we have the Indy 500 coming up, and we're going to do two previews of that, one with me and Kevin. And then you're going to get another preview with me and our uh, IndyCar analyst, uh, Phil Clark. Um, so he'll be on tomorrow, um, or I guess at the same time, since this podcast is just going to be spliced crudely together. Um, so yeah, we'll get a little bit of his predictions. I'm going to kind of bring out my list of his early season predictions, call him out on a little bit of it. Cause, uh, what we've seen so far has been a little different from what he said, but did uh, he pick yeah. Alexander Rossi to be good? He picked Alexander Rossi to win the Indy 500, but he did say that VK and Palau were going to more than surprise us this season. And I think okay. I, the, the surprise rookie has been, Pat, well, he's not really a rookie, but Pato award has really been. The biggest yes. surprise of the young drivers. Um, you know, I think we'll have some fun with it. So let's do our little dumb preview here first. The dumbed down version. <laughs> and then we'll go into the smart guy version. So, Kevin, first of all, um, it, it is weird having the Indy 500 without Monaco and the Coke 600 in the same weekend. So that's a little disappointing. And I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to choose between Indy and Dover at the same time. Am I correct? Yeah, and I'm I'm just gonna state the facts now. I'm so sorry, Dover. You're a great racetrack, <laughs> but you're not the Indy 500. <laughs> and especially I'm, when I'm I can watch do my the, best. Especially when I can watch the Cup race on Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do my best to try and watch um, the Cup race on my phone while having the Indy car race. Obviously, if I'm not sick, I can do that at my friend's place. Mm-hmm. But um, you know we'll. We'll cross that bridge when it comes, but I do have to say, um, I think the cup race will be will be exciting, um, just because of the low downforce package. That's oh yeah, I'm the... super excited about that. I mean, the last low downforce race we saw, thank God we Dover get Saturday, was uh, 2018 when Chase Elliott beat Denny Hamlin on that last restart, which was yeah, great race. Pretty much dominated by Kevin Harvick, so I assume that race or that trend to continue, just knowing 2020. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, we got the field invert once again, which I'm a huge fan of. So top twenty, and mm-hmm. it's 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 crunch time now. I mean, if you're not 
just looking at the points, let me pull those up real quick. If you're not we're, William we're, Byron, we're on the Indy 500 preview still, Kevin. Okay, well, Indy, well, Indy car fast. Indy car fast. The cars are way faster this year, and it's obviously because they added more weight to the car with the um, aero screens. Um, obviously, for me, I just get nervous every year. I feel like for the Indy 500, ever since I watched Scott Dix- Dixon's flip, mm-hmm. um, it's just like holy shit! I didn't know a car could do that. So. Definitely every year I get a little anxious, but, um, you know, it's still a very exciting race. And I think even with the addition to the aero screen, I think that these cars are still going to be able to draft pretty well. I mean, from Pratt, you watch practice, you tell me, what does it look like, um, with these cars? It's fun, man. I mean, it like, I feel like the last two years, especially 2018, there was, it was not the greatest racing just cause they went super low downforce and, while that's great on most tracks, I feel like a slipstream track like this needs the high downforce or at least higher downforce, a bigger wake. And from what I saw in the brief time watching full on practice, the uh, the arrow screen definitely helps that a lot. That's cool. All right. So I think it'll be somewhere not like the the massive slipstream you see um, that you saw back in 2017 in the the DW12 peak i guess you want to call it from 2012 yeah. to 2017 but it's going to be somewhere between that and what we've had the last two years which i think is a really good balance i mean last year those last 50 laps were awesome the first 150 not so much um and that's probably just mm-hmm. guys you know saving their stuff for the end you know you can't exactly win it that's on lap like 50 but you can sure as hell is. lose it but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, i mean i'm expecting a good time i wish there was fans there mm-hmm. um i i mean i feel like of any place in the entire world that could fit fans out socially distanced it would be indianapolis motor speedway but yeah, i digress gonna be, on that yeah. it's gonna be really loud there too with like the echoing oh, yeah. Um, yeah. of the cars all of them on the track like that for the the crews and everything mm-hmm. and no i do like how kinda... they are allowing media though like i know um, yeah no thank god clock's been there which is great because to have that one-on-one actual interview instead of over the uh the phone or zoom, zoom it, it gives yeah. more raw emotion i feel like raw feeling which is something we all crave as fans mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be i'm super excited for what we're gonna see um you know obviously op- cautiously optimistic that we'll have a clean race um but i mean these guys are, are the best uh, you know and then there's santino ferrucci but i mean these guys are <laughs> are the best um so we'll we'll kind of just see what happens from here but it's cool to like we said andretti on the pole um you know, are there any people that you think might be a dark horse to win this race that impressed you from testing and from practice? I mean, the Penske guys, just knowing how good they've been the last two years, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that, I mean, they looked good in practice. They were towards the top on the speed charts, but that could just be with getting drafts one lap over another guy. So hopefully they have a better race pace. Um, I'm excited to see what Alonzo can do just because it's going to be his last chance at this race at least for the next two years because with uh f1 next year f1, yeah and in 2022 he's not going to be able to have the chance and who knows what the sport's going to look like in three years because they're having the the hybrid engine coming in and whatnot and i guess a new car and everything so yeah we'll see mm-hmm. i do want to give a shout out to uh james hinchcliffe that might be a, a good dark horse pick in the 29 card. Um, qualified six had a good week. It felt like the entire time yeah, that car is very fast on its own. And like, it seems to run well in traffic too. So, I mean, I, I would keep an eye on Hinch probably. Yeah. I'm not, be... I'm not used to Hinch being, um, having a great in race at Indy if I'm being honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> great to see from him. I love, did you see his mask 
No, I didn't. Whoa, oh whoa. my god, dude! It's like the Denny Hamlin mask where he's smiling times ten. Oh, it's no. like an actual, oh, no. like micro inch perfect cutout of his face. He's so goofy. I love. I it. know. I love it. <laughs> oh man, good to see Connor Daly in the race. He's starting a little bit far back. I like that car. You know, obviously orange kind of, eh, but I, I do like it. I wish it was more the car he ran at uh, Road America. But either way. I think um, I'm rooting deep down for uh, Ed Carpenter because he's running a Space Force car. Wait, what? Let me see. I that. swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's a Space Force car. Yep. Which <laughs> <laughs> so should be fun to watch. Um, oh, there's going to be so many memes if he if he flips. I'm just putting oh, that out there no. right now. Let's hope not. And obviously, yeah. uh, Rick Ware in the 51 James Davis mobile. That's going to be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh God, Elio is in the race. I yeah. No. Yay. God, I, yeah, it's not an Indy. I've never watched an Indy 500 without Elio Castroneves. So. I don't think an Indy 500's been ran since I've been born without Elio Castroneves. <laughs> oh my God! And <laughs> uh, our boy, the the almost 2011 champion, J.R. J. Hildebrand. Uh, yes, ben, he's back. Yeah, he's rounding out the field with Ben Hanley and uh, Sage Karam. I'm I'm excited. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of good names in this race that I I would love to see hold up that trophy and drink the milk at the. Mm-hmm. Um and and Santino Ferrucci, so you know it's going to be a lot of fun. I think I read somewhere it was either fifteen Americans and eighteen international, or eighteen inter- or eighteen Americans yeah. and fifteen international. One of those. It's um, dude, IndyCar has a lot of international talent in there. No, that's a what lot I'm saying. Of like, international talents, like kind of sprinkled in the top nine right now. It's like a perfect blend of you know, like the American guys who grew up, but also the international, which is which is why the Indy 500 is the coolest i'd say racing event of the year just because it's so yeah, worldwide right. but it's hosted here in our backyard in america mm-hmm. well guys um if you enjoyed that well here's more indy 500 talk and the rest of the season preview um with our good friend uh phil clark so um it's just gonna be me and him i guess unless methy hops in so without further ado phil Our IndyCar specialist, Phil Clark, a.k.a. Very Fake Phil, back onto the program. What's up, Phil? How much? How about you? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Um, you know, we are just talking about a little bit of baseball going on here. Um, you know, Red Sox are terrible. Reds are uh, not as terrible, but uh, not over 500. So both Red teams are having a tough start to the season, looks like. Yeah, at least so we didn't get delayed two weeks. Only three days. Positive, positive thinking. Exactly. Well, let's uh, let's get down to some business here. So we got the Indy 500 coming up this weekend, the 104th running of it. Um, it's very strange that we're doing in August this year, but at least we have an Indy 500. Uh, last time I had you on, it was right before. I think it was maybe three days before uh, they announced the cancellation of the first half of the season. So right away, let's pick things up. Um, you know, how excited are you that fact that we actually are getting this Indy 500 in this season, even without fans? I mean, I'm just happy we're having one. Um, usually they would like cancel it. Last time they canceled one was due to World War Two, So it was. <laughs> yeah. So they don't really cancel it for much unless we're legitimately in a world war. So, you know, Positivity. 1920, it was canceled due to a pandemic, the Spanish flu. 
Hmm, interesting, interesting. I actually didn't know that about uh, the Spanish flu in 1920. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, we got we got the race going on, and we got Andretti on the pole. I, how shocked were you to see Marco get in the pole this year? All things considered, how his career has gone the last five years, it feels like. Well, he's fast there, so <laughs> I'll. it's not as surprising as it could be. I don't know if he has a 500-mile pace to uh, yeah. actually do well. That's his issue. Usually he qualifies about, uh, like, from 5th to ninth or so. So it's not like he's slow there. Okay. So you're not counting on him to hold on to that pace the whole race, basically. Yeah. Although he, uh, it, it could happen. I think it's going to be a repeat winner. But it could happen. Okay. Yeah, I found our um, our previews from uh, before the season started, and you uh, predicted that Rossi was going to win the 500 this year. Are you sticking by that prediction, or is the Scott Dixon revenge tour basically making you change your mind on this? I think it could be either or. I, I think Rossi's still Rossi's definitely fast. He starts like mm-hmm. fourth or fifth or something. He starts. He, he starts in the top nine. I don't remember what's position, mm-hmm. but like he, he, I mean, considering he started thirty second or so in two thousand eighteen and got all the way up to third in a year where Honda engines weren't favored, I think it, he's going to be pretty good. Well, speaking about Honda engines, it looks like the Hondas are really fast this year, and the Chevys are kind of. Uh, looking a little slow. Uh, did you kind of see that coming, or do you think that the Chevys are going to look a lot better on race day? I'm not sure. I mean, Honda may have fixed any sort of reliability issue that they had when mm-hmm. going that fast in 2017. They yeah. may have toned it down after all the engine failures they had in the 17500. But like this year, I don't think they're having many reliability issues, and they're going to be really fast. It really depends on field mileage. Um, do the Hondas have the better field mileage, or do the Chevys have better field mileage and can outrun the Hondas in the long runs? Good point. Yeah, you don't really think about that. Uh, usually when you're watching the race, the fact that both different engines are definitely getting different fuel mileage uh, percentages out of that. So I'm, I'm going to be looking, um, I'm going to be interested to see, especially with the Penske Chevys, what they can do um, since they're all starting further back. Um, but I mean, there's no doubt in my mind, you can't count out a Penske in the 500, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Especially considering Penske bought the track. Yeah, it is Penske's home track now. That's very true. Um, so let's, I want to talk a couple more things about the 500. So first off, I think one of the biggest um, storylines this year has got to be the um, uptake in speed. I mean, we saw, in qualifying, I think it was um, not VK or it might have been Palau. Someone was going 241 in the turn one, yeah, which is Palau. really, really fast. It was Palau? Yeah, but yeah. going mid corner, he, he seemed to lose a ton of speed. Went from mm-hmm. 241 to like 220 or something. And like, Are it you, kind of messes up, I, messed up his lap. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's much surprise when I talk to people about. The speeds is just are you are you concerned at all about them? Because I know they had to add more horsepower because of the extra um, windshield or uh, you know the safety. I can't pronounce the word now for it. 
The Hera um, screen. Hera screen, thank you. Yeah, do you, I mean, you know, there's not really much surprise about the speed being out there. Are you worried at all about it, or is this still going to produce good racing and safe racing? I think it's going to produce, uh, because they turned out the turbo boost after the race, or before mm-hmm. the race. It's go- I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. And I also think the aero screen added something aerodynamically to the car as well. So the speeds were going to be faster because of that. Um, I would be concerned in a couple of years when they switch back to the 900 horsepower slash what, the hybrid formula, whatever mm-hmm. it is they're going to use. So, so that might be that might be different. That, that, yeah. that might be uncharted territory. But since they've had this car for eight or nine years now, I don't think it's, that it's as much of an issue since the teams are really comfortable with the engineering of these cars by now. And this That's is the third idea. year, minus the aero screen, with the uh, IR18 uh, aero kit as well. Okay. Okay, so... Um, all right, I'm not going to be as concerned this year or next year. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair enough. When are they going to be having the new uh, hybrid engines in, in there? Is that 2023 or? 2022, I think. Okay, so we got about uh, two more 500s with this uh, with this engine. So that's interesting. Okay, so we got some time to kind of build on this. And I feel like, you know, basically what we've seen the last few years, it's it's probably going to be an Andretti-Penske-type uh, battle at the front. So I'm yeah. excited for this. Andretti, that's for sure. Especially, I think, Ganassi as well. Scott oh Dixon. yeah, I can't can't leave out Ganassi. Yeah, Dixon. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be Dixon and Rossi. Personally, I don't know mm-hmm. if the Penske cars if they have the speed. Yeah, but I did say that. I said that in 2017, and Elio had the, had the race of his life. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So. Are there any other surprises? Because I know, obviously, during qualifying, we had the surprises of uh, VK and Palau, and I would even say James Hinchliffe, really, um, having such good qualifying times. Do you think that anyone's really going to stand out and surprise us? Because I know anyone who's not a huge IndyCar fan sees Fernando Alonso's name. They're going to be thinking, oh, Alonso might shock the field on on Sunday. I don't think Alonso has the speed. No, neither Uh, do I. Maybe a ward. I like a Pato's. I like a ward. Yeah. I think a ward's been probably the most surprising uh, young driver this season. All things considered, last year he only had a handful of races. And he did impress last year. But, I mean, this year getting a full-time ride, he's been nothing but impressing him and his teammate Oliver Askew. Yeah, I like Askew a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, a ward doesn't surprise me because he was always considered a bit of a super talent. But, like, mm-hmm. with nowhere to go, he was also kind of nomadic in a way, and going up the ladder, but always super fast. But Mm -hmm. uh, I think that now that he's in the top level, he'll build upon the support that he had, especially sponsorship support from Mexico. Because I know he had been complaining over the past few years about why... It's not like 2000. 2001 where adrian fernandez was getting millions of dollars from mexican companies and where award he did not he he hasn't gotten any any of that support really it's mostly Mm -hmm. funded by the teams 
but he's he's super talented, and I'm actually excited to see if he can move up through the field, despite having was perceived a less powerful engine. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I, I didn't really know about that whole um, support thing with him and obviously with uh, past Mexican drivers in the field, but, um, you know, definitely. Yeah, he was, in the, he was in the Red Bull program, too, last year. He was? Okay, interesting. So, Did he left. It, he actually left in the car to try to get the get into F1 and to see if he could hack in an F2. Only got a couple of races in F2, a couple of Super Formula races before McLaren. Like before McLaren signed them. Yeah. Interesting. Didn't didn't actually know that about Pato. So that's he's got a, he's got a hell of a pedigree there. Yeah. Both Pato and Palou. Palou. Yeah. You mentioned Palau. Palou. Um. On the he's at the beginning a, of the season, and he's been one to watch. I feel like all season. I loved I loved watching him in Japan. In Japan, uh, he was. The third best driver behind uh, Nick Cassidy, who is now Formula E, and Naoki mm-hmm. Yamamoto, who who is a bit of a Japanese legend, but uh, is not yeah. interested in going to America, even though Honda has been trying to get him to replace Sato. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't actually know that either about what's going on there, but um, that's that's really interesting that pedigree there. Um, okay, so let's move along from the Indy 500 to the rest of the season real quick here. Um, so we've got the schedule basically is about more than official at this point. We've got, I think, six more races at Indy. That's kind of a joke, not really. Yeah. Um, but we've got a bunch of double headers along the way. We've got some uh, more races uh, kind of on the edge of what's what they can pretty much figure out. And then we're still ending the season at St. Pete, as far as we know, is there anything that I'm kind of missing or just completely off the rails here with? Yeah. There's in the, there's a gateway doubleheader. Yeah. Gateway doubleheader. Got it. Um, mid Ohio doubleheader in the, I'd said in the already, but also in yeah. the, and then St. Pete. Perfect. Um, so I, I obviously a shortened season, but at this point, I mean, are you going to be looking at anyone other than Scott Dixon to win the championship right now? Everyone's chasing Dixon, um, but I think if there's New Garden, if New Garden, Pagano, Rossi, if they can they, if they can turn around, Pagano, uh, New Garden did look good in. Um, they look good in um, Iowa, so yeah. that helps them. Mm-hmm. Now, that helps them for Gateway, at least. I think that might be a Penske race. Yeah, the, oh, their oval program looked very, very good at Iowa, especially their strategy calls there in the first race. Yeah, there's, it, they've always had... They, they have, like, better handling cars, which is good for short ovals, but mm-hmm. I don't think they have the power this year that the Chevys do, compared to the Hondas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm definitely, I, I will say I'm a little disappointed that we don't have the plethora of different races that we normally get, but obviously with everything that's going on, I'm, I'm just glad that we have the season. Um, is, uh, the St. Pete race going to be a double points race at the end of the year? I think so, but okay. it's not going to be a double header. No, no, no. I know that one. I'm going to be hopefully trying to figure out my situation because I'm going to be moving back to the Tampa area. I'd love to see if. You know, they let small amounts of fans go there. You know, I, I think that I'd love to 
visited, obviously circumstances, you know, permitted. I went to Daytona last weekend and I, I probably regret doing that a little bit um, just because it was a lot more people than I thought it was going to be. But, I mean, um, you know, huh? I didn't even know that they allowed people there. It didn't look like that many people. At Daytona? Yeah. Yeah, they probably shouldn't have, you know, looking back at it. But, uh, and, you know, I, I think it was more or less that the sun just beat the crap out of me for four hours before the lightning delay kind of really made me feel a lot more exhausted than I should have been. That and the three hours of sleep before I, I left for Daytona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Who who would have thought that sleep would be important to uh, actually performing in the day? I, it couldn't have been me. And water, to drink a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, that's very important. Um, you know, surprise, surprise, bodies need to be uh, hydrated to dehydrate. Who Who would have thought? Huh, yeah. Um. So, or do you have any um surprises that you think that we might see at the end of this IndyCar season? You know, anyone that might get a surprise win. Uh, a word uh, maybe, but that's not even much of a surprise considering yeah. it's like fourth and points. But I would consider I think probably like Ask you could be a guy that could maybe get a surprise win here this year. Yeah, maybe a like gateway or something. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger surprise will be like. What driver changes, if teams are affected by the economy, if anyone's going to shut down or get absorbed uh-huh. by Andretti. Um, but, <laughs> and also what's going to happen with uh, Scott McLaughlin, who is uh, yeah, almost okay. certainly state-bound next year with Petsky, but no one knows if it's mm-hmm. going to be a fourth car or if... It's leaning towards, I think, a fourth car because Elio's been told that... This is his last 500 with Petsky. Really? Okay. Yeah. So if this is going to be Elio's last 500 with Petsky, he wants to return next year for a different team. Ed Carpenter is mm-hmm. interested. but. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Ed Carpenter is interested in, in talent like Elio at 500. You know, that's... Man, I didn't realize this was going to be his last one with Penske. That's a little devastating for me because I've literally never seen an Indy 500 without Elio in the field, especially in a three car. Yeah. I mean, it's been 20 years going, so, I mean, <laughs> it's since it's 2001 or so. Yeah. Which was his first race for Slim, and in yeah, part right. in 2000. But oh, Scott McLaughlin's almost certainly going to Penske. Um, oh, yeah, that's smart. And then also uh, Jimmy Johnson said he's, if funding goes through, he'll do the full road course schedule in 2021 mm-hmm. and in 2022 he said for he wants to sign a two-year deal but he's waiting for funding to come through but he is said so that's that's pretty much gonna happen now is jimmy the indycar is like all all but announced yeah well he's waiting for funding but he yeah. said he's gonna do the full road course and then in 2022 possibly the indy 500 which would be really cool. I hope so. Be kind of a full circle. Yeah, that would be him. really cool. So he'll be getting in there right when the new hybrid engines uh, come too in the 500. That's interesting. Yeah, that would be that would be that will be fun to watch. And I really hope that Jimmy moving over to IndyCar potentially, you know, might lead to other drivers looking at opportunities to maybe come on over. Because I know, I mean, in my opinion, Kurt Busch when he raced a couple years ago, that was an impressive run. That you know you don't see too often from a NASCAR driver doing a double duty race in, in the same day, 
And mm-hmm. I'd love to see Kurt do another 500 um, at some point when he's done with NASCAR. And I'm sure that's going to be within the next two to three years. I think his brother might do it, too. You think Kyle might do it? Yeah, he's shown a lot of interest, and he keeps trying to do it. Or he keeps trying That'd to get so funding. Cool. Apparently, Gibbs has let him. Gibbs. Yeah, I don't. But like the issue is like the issue is like Toyota, him being a Toyota driver and Honda and all that. So his best bet is with a Chevy team. Chevy's, yeah, hopefully. Toyota will let him run with a Chevy team, but not a Honda team for obvious reasons. Oh man, I'm hoping that does come to fruition. There's a bunch of drivers I could think of that would just be great to have at least try and make the Indy 500. You know, and my I would love to see AJ do it again. Um, that would be a lot AJ, of fun. AJ, I don't Allmaker. think AJ, I don't think AJ will do it again. Just because you don't think so? No, just because like he was super close with Justin Wilson. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he I, said as much, oh, but. Man. But like Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, Scott McLaughlin coming to the series. Scott McLaughlin. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Scott can do in this series. I think he's going to be an absolute uh, wagon to deal with. He's a legend in like IndyCar and iRacing. Not even just like yeah. from the from the league like this year, but like he he's been on like esports teams for years, doing IndyCars and just like outclassing everyone. And it's clear he had talent in those cars before mm-hmm. he became really good at supercars. Dude, I'm, I'm getting me hyped for the future of IndyCar. Definitely a lot of stuff to look forward to the next few years. And the end of this year, too, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So looking at your predictions, you said Rookie of the Year was going to be Palau. You had biggest surprise was Jack Harvey. Which I, I do you still stand by that, or do you think that maybe someone else has been more of a surprise? Because I don't know how Jack has been. He's okay been okay. With, yeah, but I, I thought with the Indirty support, he'd be a lot faster. They've also been kind of staked it with luck, mm-hmm. but like I was thinking that from the standpoint that Michael Shank usually punches above his weight, <laughs> especially in IMSA. So they've been fine. They've been better than like some teams, but like if it's, I don't think fifteenth place is for your first full time season is bad. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I will say I think it's that, not surprising. Uh, or I it's think, not like I thought he'd have top ten pace though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's still time. There's still a whole second half of the season, so maybe he will surprise us at the end. I will say Connor Daly has been kind of a surprise this year. You know, I'm. It's been a nice surprise in my opinion. You know, him getting the pole at, the, at Iowa was was really nice, and I think that he's definitely shown that he's got some talent, deserves a full time ride in the future. So here's hoping that he has a good 500, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm not that surprised about Daly because mm-hmm. he had some good runs. In yeah, coin in 2016 and even Foyt. It's just that he just didn't have like stability in his career, and yeah. now that. Now that he has some funding with him, with the Air Force, that yeah. helps. I like I like his car for the 500. The uh, orange Air Force car looking looking nice. Might look fresh in the in the podium there. Um. All right. Anything else that we got uh, going on? Anything with NASCAR you want to talk about? Uh, not really. But one of the other interesting things will be 
Well, last the one of the things I forgot to talk about was uh, Andretti and if they'll stick with five cars next year. That's because Hitch is pretty much going to be full time next year mm-hmm. with with uh, Genesis and stuff, uh, and it's probably going to be with Andretti. Okay, well, that so, would be nice. That would be great for Hinch. I'd love to see him full time again. Yeah, Hitch it, Hinch deserves it after getting kind of kicked out, and which he didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll 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 see what happens with the news. I'm sure. When are we going to start seeing more silly season uh, 2021 news coming? Do you have any idea with that? Or usually it starts in September or October. So looking we're, forward to it. We're gonna get some interesting stuff. All right, perfect. Well, thanks again for coming on, Phil. I appreciate it. You know, always a good time. Maybe we'll have you on uh, by the end of the season for a championship preview. Yeah, awesome. I'll probably be able to do it. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah, of course, man. I'll make sure uh, send you over a mic or something. Help you out there. <laughs> yeah, I do need a better mic. <laughs> Yeah, I just got this, and it's not like <laughs> it's not recording my voice all that well. I got you, man. Well, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Phil, for coming on to the podcast. We appreciate it. And uh, looking to, I think, what year is this now with the Indy 500? This is like Indy 500 number 106? Because um, Rossi won the 100th. 104. 104? Yes, because if he won the five, if he won the 100th back in 2016, 101, 102, 103, 104. 104. Okay, we'll 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 pretend you're correct, Kevin, for the sake of you being correct. And if Phil corrected me when I was doing the interview, well, that was the future. So, anyways, <laughs> we also have two NASCAR races this weekend in the Cup Series. Another doubleheader, the last of the season. Um. So, but I think this might be the most exciting doubleheader of the whole season that we have in NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, it's the only doubleheader with a low downforce, which mm-hmm. is going to be interesting, especially with it being such a short track, like with. With Dover or not Dover, um, Michigan and Michigan. Pocono, it's like low or long racetracks, a lot of room to make up. But at Dover, you're gonna have to move guys out of the way. Not only, and it's a shorter race; they're only 311 um, mm-hmm. laps this year. Or of course, yeah. the Dover 311, my favorite distance. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't like. I think it's because they wanted to make it 500k, but then they didn't say. They're, they're not calling it, like, the Dover 500 or something? I don't know. It's a weird marketing thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I'm not the one in charge of dealing with that, but uh, 311 laps is still nothing to scoff at at Dover. That's still going to be a tough fucking race that they're going to have to deal with, and you know, hopefully the multi-grooves really do come in properly at least by lap 200 so we can get a good final 100 laps there, because I know it does take some time for the high side and the low side to start balancing each other out. You know, it's the same thing with Homestead and the same thing with uh, Bristol where it just takes time for those grooves to really wear in. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll see how that plays out. But um, over the years, we've seen some good races there. Um, you know, I didn't really get to do my little intro thing, but uh, I guess I could try and, and do that now. 
Kevin? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, well, um, you know, in the uh, rolling mountain area of Delaware, home of the famous picture of George Washington going across the Delaware River. I don't even know if that's the same state. Shoot, um, maybe. You know, with triumphant music over me just butchering this, uh, <laughs> you know, well, it, it'll sound it'll sound good at least. We oh, uh, we have the uh, Dover International Speedway located in Dover, Delaware, um, home to one of the most t- uh, difficult races on the uh, circuit. It over the years was known for its concrete surface, shredding tires, and shredding drivers' dreams including those of drivers like Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Matt Kenseth, and of course, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And many a times has had various uh, races lost there. We've had some fun times over the years, and of course, with the doubleheader this weekend, I'm sure we'll have another historic race. I also want to mention Casey Kane completely boofed it there one year because NASCAR didn't want to throw a caution for oil. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, I threw one of the biggest temper tantrums I ever did as a 10-year-old, I tell you. <laughs> God, that was so devastating. Because Tony Stewart won that one, too, if I recall. I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I was okay with Casey <laughs> Kane winning, like, nine right later, so whatever. Um, Okay, or two years later. So I guess we'll do what we normally do on the podcast, and we'll pick our Saturday races, um, our picks, and then we'll go into Sunday. So I have updated the point standings, and uh, Kevin's dead, essentially. Yeah, Ke- I uh, Kevin, forgot how to... Have- pick yeah you need to explain yourself right now for what's happened in the last three races so my strategy going into the daytona road course was okay blaney was good at the roval the inaugural roval at charlotte he'll do good kyle bush literally ran that race at the same track earlier this year and then mike mcdowell is a good road racer blaney decides to boof it on like the last lap and lose a bunch of spots Kyle Busch mm-hmm. decided to, on lap one or two, flat spot and ruin his entire race. And then Michael Cowell did good. But Michael Cowell did great. How many he got 16. I, yeah, he kept you points? in the positive. I got one point. Yeah, one point. <laughs> so, it was a great, um, was a great, great overall attempt was made. Um, so I have just been absolutely kicking ass the last few weeks. I now have a 112-point lead over Kevin right now. Um, it, I've run away with this thing. I could legitimately like just not even make picks and still have a lead for five races at this point with the way Kevin picks. Yeah, so, go for it. <laughs> yeah, just give give you a chance. Um, well, I don't have um Alex and Methy's picks right now, but Alex has made a huge ground up on Kevin and is only thirty four points behind you. So yeah, I'm scared. Uh, yeah, dude, you might not even finish in second. And Alex yeah. has only been on the podcast like twice this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to bring him back on next week, I think. Try and do an early episode if we can. I should be able to. Yeah, if we can, you know, obviously it's we either get to choose between Methy or Alex. We literally can't have both of them. Their schedules just do not physically align <laughs> with each other. Such a shame. Um yeah. All right, so we'll do our Dover one pick. So, um Kevin, since I'm feeling really bad for you right now, how about you get to go first? Gee, thanks. I love pity, pity points. Um, it's a nice but... pity fuck for you. <laughs> okay, I I'm gonna go with uh, your strategy and going with the Roush Yates engines, even though it's a completely different track and completely different setup. 
Oh wait, never mind. This guy doesn't even drive for Roush anymore. <laughs> Off to a great start. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, Ricky Stenhouse. Um, I mean that low down force kind of seems like a dirt track almost with uh, yeah. the way Dover is. So, sure. Hasn't Ricky actually had like some good runs here in the past though, like with Roush? Yeah, I feel like he's. Like, I feel like he's had here. good runs that either get like screwed over by like big wrecks or just bad strategy goals. Mm-hmm. So not not bad, you know. It's it's the methy approach. Just take Ricky or Priest and see if it uh, the shit sticks <laughs> to the wall. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go and stick with the Roush Fenway um the route. I think obviously not a road course, and I, you know, Roush hasn't really shown the bit best speed on regular ovals, but I am going to take a driver who has a lot of experience here and get Ryan Newman. I haven't picked him at all this season, and you know I can kind of coast at this point. So why not Jeez. take um, Ryan you. Newman? <laughs> why not just take Ryan Newman and see what he does? You know, if he gets me a top fifteen, I'm gonna be really happy with that. And I'm sure he would be too. You know, Newman's not a playoff driver this year, even fighting for it like he was coming into um, last season, and obviously that hurts him. But you know, if he can get a good race, the momentum can start building. And, and coming back to the Daytona, I think that you know he's that's gonna be a revenge race at that point for him. That's like. I'm coming back for for victory here, so I'm I'm getting Newman to get his season back on track. Yeah, we'll see about your uh, revenge pick in two weeks. It's uh, I what I remember about Newman is he just this track more than any other is where he's so hard to pass. I remember yes, sir. Chase Elliott lost his first ever career win in Dover <laughs> in 2017, and then Jeff Gordon yelled at Newman, and Newman was not having any of his shit. <laughs> yeah, it's um Newman is definitely going to make that car about as wide as possible. It's, uh, yeah. it, you know, if he, if he can get into the top 15, he'll, he'll, he'll find a way to stay there. Day. So I'm going to take mm-hmm. uh, the rocket man. Um, all right. So give me your sleeper then. My sleeper is going to be, and I feel like this is just so cliche at Dover, but a guy who needs a good run, a, a driver who they literally put the wrong paint scheme up on Miles the Monster before he announced the change of paint scheme. Jimmy Johnson. Okay. Okay. Yeah, did you see? Did you, did you see that with Miles though? He had the wrong paint scheme. On so the like car? right before they announced Jimmy Johnson's new paint scheme, the the rally scheme as they're calling yeah, it. Yeah, um, I love it. By the way, they they like wrapped the whole car and everything, put it up on Miles of his black scheme, and then they literally changed it like the day after. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so bad. yeah, that's rough. that's a tough scene. Tough scene yeah. for the Dover guys. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go across the garage for my sleeper. I'm gonna take someone who I felt like you know might uh, have an opportunity here. Okay, so um, I was brought in here to uh, share very important information. Um, 
So a lot of people don't know this. I figured it out when I was walking through a bunch of government documents that I didn't need to have. Apparently, the FBI discovered in the March of 2009 that Argentina had gone to the moon in the 1940s, right around the end of the Second World War, in order to build a uh, base over there, like a colony, a large um, settlement on the moon. And ever since then, they have been doing incredibly well. They have gotten so many resources from the moon that it's turned hollow. They have tested so many weapons that it's a that the moon is moving at a rate of like what is it one and a half inches every year or something um, away from the Earth, and the space race was a cover up between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. They were working on it together. First off, because well, it you know Cold War and stuff. But second, they were trying to figure out how to get to the moon so that when the day comes, they can take the battle. Uh, that would come from Argentina because that's a huge fear in the U.S. government. Um, a lot of modern politics have been shaped by the fact that Argentina has a moon base and they can probably kill us all within a few hours. Um, and our last hope would probably be taking the battle towards the moon. And there is a lot of other things that interconnect to this theory. Well, not theory, but um, study, study, thing, whatever, whatever the FBI calls their things. Um, Apparently the Soviets went to Mars, and that's why it's called the Red Planet. Uh, Brazil went to Neptune, and they have been floating around over there. They haven't built anything because they forgot that Neptune was made out of gas and just flew through. Um, and then this is going to be the funniest part. The US went to Pluto, and that's why they stopped calling Pluto a planet, because they didn't want- they wanted as less attention as possible on Pluto from NASA and everybody else. This is one of the biggest cover-ups in American history, and I am here to expose the government here. I am- I'm not even exposing anybody in particular. Like, um, but this is the most important thing that I know, that I've learned in my existence. And the only reason I know how is because I went to a McDonald's drive-thru, punched the person that was giving me the, the, the food because he forgot to give me $28 back. And then, like, a piece of paper flew out of his pocket. He gave me a location. I drew, I illegally drove to that house, found those documents just lying around. There was nobody in there. House was broken down. Looked like the last thing that ever happened in there was someone gunning it down. And that, that that's how I know this. This is something that everybody needs to know this is something i am genuinely concerned for and when that day comes and you if you don't believe what i'm saying when that day comes and they laser you to death i'm gonna say i told you so even though you're dead thank you what incarnation <laughs> well a beautiful speech thank you Ryan. so Welcome back to the podcast. Um, what happened was yesterday when we were recording, uh, my bot broke, so Kevin couldn't record. Methy could not come on, so I invited back on for some reason. What incarnation? And um, our good friend Benjamin Fanning onto the podcast. And you know what? It's episode sixty nine, so might as well just throw on nice these guys. Nice. Um, <laughs> so. Thank you for that one, Carnation. Um, where we left off, though, was that I was making my picks for the, the race. Kevin texted me and said he picked Martin Shirks Jr. to win. 
Um, we're at Dover. I'm just going to go ahead and say Chase Elliott gets back to back and that'll be the points. So, hey, guys, how you doing? We're doing OK, but let me tell you right now, my pick right now off the top of my head, Quinn Hauf is going to rival from the back of the field to win the race. All right. You heard it here first. You heard it here last. It's going to it's going to happen. Is he even racing? I think. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yes. He, he's my not. pick to win. Uh, my Eighty right. Five Hundred pick. I don't know if we're doing them, but James Davison. I in, believe in the, the Rick man. Ware car. Yes, he's gonna win. Trust me, he's got top ten speed in that thing. I believe his powers are Rick Ware goddess will win. Goddess. Just like he said he was gonna do at the Daytona Roval or Road Course. Yes. Yes, of course. All right, so are we doing race picks for the races this weekend? Do you guys want to do race picks? I mean, I, I, I yeah, basically I'll already did them. That we got cut off halfway through. I don't mind throwing you guys on as guest picks at this point. I All right, mean, I'm going to do it Brad real quick. I'm going to flip these off the top of my head. Um, Formula right, well, One. You have a dark horse, or... a sleeper, and a favorite, so just keep that in mind how you pick. Okay. You know that, right? All right, cool. Yeah. Who's your dark horse then? Um... I, I would say, are we just doing both cup races at once? Just no, just one. Just just the Saturday one. We do the Sunday one after okay. after we've seen the Saturday mm-hmm. so we can get the invert. Try and cheat on the invert. And does, does Jimmy Johnson count as a dark horse at this point? I think he does. Uh, no, because he's, he's almost in the playoffs. He's the Basically, favorite, honestly. Like 20, I mean, he 20, is, yeah. 23rd or the further favorites. in points. He'd, he'd be my race pick. Jimmy Johnson's my race pick. My dark horse probably, hmm, who would be a dark horse for the Someone 23rd or worse in points. I'd say Cole Custer. Okay, everyone likes picking a guy who's already won a race, but that's fine. Well, to be fair... uh, Oh, I got my picks right here. Pretty sure he did well. Yeah, I mean, I think he won there in the Xfinity series. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. He also spun the truck out while leading a couple years ago, so that happened too. And it's it's low down. Or was it Gregson? over, bro. I think think it'll suit him. Um, Yeah. Where did my race pick? It's Jimmy Johnson. Well, and... let, ben, let Ben go first. Come on. Well, didn't you do your or did you do your favorite yet? No. Yeah, I my well no. Oh, no, I did. Never mind. I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah, all right, no, all right. Let, let me ben give me his dark horse. Let me give you my 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 picks. All right. So I think the favorite going into the race is honestly Johnson, and I'll tell you my dark horse right now. All right, my dark horse for the race, Christopher Bell. He's been running really well recently, and I think Dover's one of those tracks where he can just he can just do it. I just, you I just, guys also get a sleeper. Oh, we get a sleeper? Okay, people yeah. are really sleeping on Kurt Busch for this race for some reason. I don't yeah, know if he's done good there. Kurt. I just said it. I, I, never hear good things. I, never, well, I never hear good things about like Kurt Busch where people are like, oh, hey, Kurt's doing good. It's always just like Jimmy Johnson wrecked again, guy. Well, I mean, he kind of always does, so it's he, he not always really... wrecks. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> Um, all right, so Carnation, who is your sl- sleeper and favorite? Then? Uh, same, I have the same sleeper as Ben Kurt. Uh, guy is, he has a cool scheme. That's like my only reason. Um, he has a cool fav- car, I like it. Favorites, Jimmy, by a long shot. Okay, so you guys basically have the same sleeper and favorite, yes. so it'll be, all right, well, there you go. Um, you got our, our picks right there. Me and Kevin, for reference, had um, I picked Newman as my dark horse, uh, Bowman as my sleeper, and Chase as my favorite. Uh, Kevin had Ricky Stenhouse, Jimmy Johnson as his sleeper, and MTJ as his favorite. So we'll, we'll, we'll see who gets the most points here. 
Is Jamie have, really a sleeper going into Darwin? Dilbert? Yeah, he's, I can't consider him a favorite. He hasn't won in like half a decade. Yeah, he hasn't won in half a decade. Yeah, but like he's everyone's like, hey, yo, so like Dover is the time where he can get it done. I mean, the man has the most wins. He ones. has 11 wins there, I think. Yeah, he has 11 something. I don't even know how to drive Dover into cup cars. Yeah, that's because you are in a cup driver. Well, iRacing exists and I'm still bad at it. All right. So um, let's round out the field here and finish up this episode since I was basically almost done with it anyways. And it'll be a long one. So if you're still here, thank you for still being here. Um, okay, so rounding out the field, we got some uh, throwbacks coming out. Um, Jimmy Johnson and all of Hendrick are doing throwbacks to Jimmy Johnson. Surprise, surprise. And uh, Jimmy's doing a throwback to Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. And if I may be the first one to say it, I, I personally think it's an atrocious paint scheme. Personally speaking, I think it's terrible looking. It's great. Like, the idea is great, but I, the, the execution's terrible. All right. My thoughts about it, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea. Seven-time champions, let's throw them onto a cup car, right? Now, yeah. it's, it's not a horrible idea, but I want to give credit to uh, Aero Racing Design. He did an amazing concept of what the car could have looked like on Twitter. It, yeah, I it, saw it, it could have been so much better. I mean, it's not yeah. it, it's not horrendous. I think it's an okay car. The more I look at it, I think it's just a bit better. Uh, I don't know why they changed up the fonts for it. Like, I, I kind of get the idea, but it just kind of like doesn't work, in my opinion. The font change, but besides that, I mean, it's not really that bad of a car. I mean, a, I like the idea. idea, but I like that one, that, the the scheme. Who who did that one? Arter. Uh, yeah, Era. He did a great job Era, on that. Sorry. Yeah, he did a fantastic job with that. I thought that would have been a much better. I, idea. Think I think a cool idea too would have been where the front end is sort of more of the white ally car phase into Dale's three into the Richard Petty at the back, and I think that probably would have been a very busy. Car. That would have been. It would have been busy, but I think it probably, given the right people to do it, it would have been executed yeah. really well. Byron's car. Think? I don't know why they had a throwback to the 2013 car. I I, I don't know. I thought it's he was like, doing the 2017 car. No, no, no. It, well, he's oh, doing the, the 2013, 2013 Johnson. Race. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just, I, I, like, you look at Bowens and Chases, and you're like, yeah, man, that's just Jimmy Johnson. You know, he could have done, like, the rookie scheme, but no, Liberty Mutual was like, hey, yo, we want America. Give us. He's not Liberty Mutual. He's Liberty University. Uh, yes. Man, you are... <laughs> Liberty Bibbity. Liberty Mutual is the one with the commercials. Yeah, they're the one with the email. Well, you know, I can't get out of my head after it plays every race. We've been Limu emu'd. Yeah, I hate to I'll see it. Throw, I'll, I'll even throw a little, a little thing for that. Just put a commercial in between the I have a Limu emu commercial literally saved onto my computer. I'm just, just that right in there. Like, right before you go into Carnation's rant, before it comes back to this, just throw it in there. I have my ideas of what I'm doing. Don't worry. <laughs> Anyways, Carnation, what are your thoughts on it? Um, the uh, Jimmy throwback. Yeah. Um, the Jimmy throwback is atrocious. <laughs> that See? thing is that thing is terrible. Seriously, I like the idea. Ao, you're honoring the other two seven-time champions, even though you're the one seven-time champion that doesn't fit in. But. <laughs> The yeah, thing to be is, fair, Petty died. Man, we're not getting an argument much. here. This is this, he's <laughs> trying to make this short. This episode's already long. But how do you know? Oh, trust me, it's very long already. Oh, but the scheme is just so odd. The fonts? Why did you change the fonts? I guess that you were trying to mimic the car, but you can't even get the RCR font, and Teresa would sue you if you did. And then yeah. there's, <laughs> and then Richard Petty's font up top is probably the one that looks 
the, the most normal out of the other two, but it just to me it just doesn't make sense. Um, I, I get do the like I, cases though. It's like a it's like a certain thing that I don't want to mention. It it looks good on paper, but in practice it is absolutely awful. Oh, are you and talking about McDonald's? I agree. Of, it probably filled the hopes of th- thousands of people. So, uh, yeah. I want um, Jimmy to be in the wall with that car. Just how bad it is. Oh no. Um. Okay, moving along, we got um big news today that uh, NASCAR has confirmed that Kyle Larson has requested reinstatement. Uh-oh. Uh, NASCAR is re- reviewing the request, and he is currently still indefinitely suspended. Um, you know, this is obviously a very uh, contentious. Topic, I've pretty much been open with uh, how about I feel about it. Kyle Larson can come back. That doesn't mean I have to root for him or forgive him. But, um, you know, I can definitely not deny that he won a metric fuck ton of dirt track races and probably shouldn't just stick there forever. But um, I, I, what do I know? I'm just a guy who has a podcast. Children, what do you think? All right, so <laughs> I'm not going to stay my whole entire stance, but... They said some more things, which I'm really surprised about. Larson didn't ask to be reinstated. NASCAR reached out to him, which yeah. was really surprising to me. I guess they probably heard, hey, yo, this man's kind of like uh, scrubbing the entire dirt field's ass. Uh, y'all should like probably like uh, get this talent back in here or something like that. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. That was a bit of a surprise to see that he was not being – well, he wasn't asking to be back. NASCAR was asking him. And I, when I first saw that they asked him, or when they said that he asked them, I yeah. thought it was because he was probably getting talks from Stewart, which, popping off of that, Stewart's been talking about him and saying NASCAR should get their head out of their, you know, and bring him back. So, it, it's, it's a lot of things going on all in once yeah. in one day. But, my opinion, I was a fan of him before it happened. I don't think what he did was right. But I still think he's an amazing driver, and I think he yeah. definitely just he's he's changed from when it was. I think he probably gets a chance back, and I see what's going to happen. My opinion, I see Lejoy going he, to the thirty-seven. He gets the thirty-two. That's my honest opinion. I'm so you not think even Chris sure if is just out of a car. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Um, I was thinking more that, and this is what I think I could see happening right now is I think Larson's going to move to Ford. And I think that an uh, opportunity for him is because John Hunter Nemechek did kind of come up through the ranks through Chevy and also was running for um, Chip Ganassi in um, the Xfinity series at one point. I could see maybe John Hunter moving to the 42 car and potentially Chastain in two years into the one and Larson going to the 38 car or potentially whatever for a front row car. And then maybe moving over to Stuart Haas in a couple of years, um, just so he can get the Ford branding underneath him and everything like that. that that's just what I think could happen. I Obviously, could... silly season is is its own monster. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that, and I can also see the fact of him going to SHR. But I think honestly, well, it's I'm split because Briscoe's been popping off in an Xfinity, yeah. but Stuart's been talking a lot, a lot about Larson recently, and I know how Stuart will probably be. He's seeing that. Larson's been popping off recently, and he probably doesn't want that to get away from him. He could get that mm-hmm. driver right there, and then if he does good in the future, well, guess what? You secured yourself a possibly championship-contending driver right there. Yeah. If he doesn't, he goes to another team, and he gets Briscoe, which is still a great driver, but I, I'm, I'm torn on this. I don't know what he's going to do, because I think he might 
leave Briscoe in Xfinity for maybe a couple more years. Maybe wait on. Yeah. I don't even know. If, I, I don't know if Almirola is close to retirement at all. But no, he's not. I think if anything, okay. uh, well, from what I guess is that Boyer is probably close to retirement, and Almirola would be closer to being booted. Now I think Almirola yeah. has done so much this year to maintain uh-huh. his ride. You know, obviously, Stuart Haas really hasn't shown any other speed. And once Almirola started getting those consecutive top tens all the time, that was huge for that team. And obviously, you have to look at sponsorship-wise. Smithfield foots a lot of the bill for Stuart Haas Racing. Like, that is their main thing, basically, is having that Smithfield money. And Almirola's not going to lose that. And Briscoe's not bringing anything to the table. Larson Mm -hmm. is not bringing anything to the table either, though. Like, I don't know any sponsorship that's going to want to touch him that's like, Big time sponsorship in NASCAR, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's true, but I could see. Well, a I mean, couple, we'll see. I could see yeah. a couple of them hop back on. I I, I don't think it's going to be anything like the McDonald's. Oh no, it's one, not going to be McDonald's. So he's not going to get McDonald's. You can't have a restaurant where it's you know mainly towards towards kids. Where what he did. You yeah, know? that's probably not a good idea. And I, it's and, it's and, not and, a really good idea. Plus, with no how offense, the world Carnation, is, it I don't think Pepsi or or or, or Coca Cola are gonna. Get on there. That's the good thing. He's oh, not yeah, those two come driver no more. Him. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Uh, well, well also, I could also see one last thing. I could kind of see him going back to Chip, honestly. Because you could tell once it happened, Chip did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was 100% what he wanted to do at all, but he had to do it. There was no more sponsorship pretty much coming in at that point. Yeah. He kind of just had to throw him out. Can't run Chip, Chip can't afford to run an unsponsored vehicle. Mm-hmm. I think if it ever comes back to a time where it's, you know, people are accepting him a lot more, which I think that's already sort of starting to happen at this point, where a lot of people are supporting him again and accepting him and already saying that he has a place to come back in the sport. I think I could see him going back to Chip, honestly. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of time left to go. I mean, we got silly season right around the corner. I, mean, I, I think what we're going to see first is Eric Jones, that domino is going to fall. And then Larson mm-hmm. news might come around October, November. I could see well, it happening pretty soon, depending on when they get the reinstatement done here, honestly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that. I'm pretty sure within a week's time, we'll get more ideas on that. Yeah. Um, all right. What else we got going on? Well, here? There's no F1 race this is, weekend. There isn't. Oh, no, no. Kevin already, already told me that one. Um, Here's uh, the on 500. It. Yeah, we already did a long 500 preview. I'm not going to go All into right, much well, more I'll detail just, I'll that. just say my pick. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think my, my actual pick is uh, Rossi. And wait, no, okay. no, 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 my bad. I'm stupid. I, ha- I forgot that that was a couple years ago. I actually have Marco in my pick. You're going to take Marco Andretti to win the Indy 5. Yes, sir. I Are do. you sure about that? I'm sure about it. He will Carnation. win. Cra- praise my word right here. We're going to be standing here in exactly... Sometime notice, I don't know when it is, a couple days from now, and we're going to be like, man, that race was good. Marco Andretti just won the Indy 500. What a world we live in. He's going to get passed on the last lap. If anything, I feel like the winner of the Indy 500 is probably going to... I think it might be... Now, nah, I think Simon Pagano wins again. Okay, that's a good pick. Uh, did you guys know that Not this Dixon is the last year that too. Elio Castroneves is running the Indy 500 with Penske? Really? Yeah, I know. What I a, what a, what a end of uh, Indy. What an end of an era we're having. There. I try to keep up with them, but I don't have a lot of time to usually. Well, I do actually have a lot of time. It's just I'm not. I, this is a safe. Uh, this is about as safe as a pick as I can go. But I think Scott Dixon's probably winning it. Uh, yeah, but too. if I had to go with someone like out of the blue, 
I'd like to say either Pato Award or even Rikes Vike could uh, maybe shock the world on Sunday. So, Renus VK. What did I say? I said Rikus. Whoops. Um, Renus. Um, okay, uh, a couple more things. Jimmy Johnson wants to run 12 to 13 IndyCar races next year, all road courses. Oh, um, my God. Carnation, are you still going to be cursing him next year, then? Uh, Potentially. Uh, I will not comment on that. He just goes perhaps. The Carnation curse started on this podcast. You may say it started on Twitter. It started on this podcast when you yes. cursed him. Correct. Yes, people forget it was, that. It was a tragedy. <laughs> But I mean, oh, I I think it's funny. I gotta I do what I gotta do for the story. Right it's hilarious that people take it so seriously and get mad about it. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Sure, um, someone like blocked him because of it. It was fun. Yeah, people got genuinely mad at you, Carnation. You're you're a public enemy for a lot of Jimmy Johnson fans. Is it that? Hey, here's the thing. I got the clout. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he did the thing, you, and it you, worked. You technically have the most followers out out of all of us. Fine. So congratulations, Carnation. And how does it feel that you were clouting? I am the clout machine. There is no question. Brad Keselowski has his uh, Dar- Darlington throwback, which all they did was just add a stripe on it. <laughs> Looks great. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I get the point of it, but it's like they just added it. Like they moved the stripe up a bit, and it's like, okay, that's it. The day is done. How do y'all guys like? Yes. The car. Uh, yes, I bet that was a, that was that was a that was the process of it. They asked, hey. Hey, hey, so we moved the stripe up, and it looks like this car that almost looks exactly the same as our current one, but it's a bit different. And they just went, eh, that'll do it. That'll that that do was it. pretty much the process. That'll do it. That's what uh, I'm congr- All right, let's finish this up real quick. Congratulations to Matt Benedetto. He's making his 200th career cup start at Dover. Let's hope he gets that first big dub sooner than later. Um, Nothing else really going on. We got a bunch of throwbacks showing up. We got... um. Someone, uh, I think it was Balicki's running a uh, throwback to Tommy Baldwin. Got um, Newman's day, uh, throwback, which I don't know who that's throwing it back to. 1997, Kevin Harvick. All this, all this good shit's going on right now. Huh? I haven't seen half the throwbacks. I don't even know. Yeah, what they I'm gonna look yet. them up later. We'll have a. I'll, I'll do a Darlington throwback. Too many of them are coming out all of a sudden. It was like, hey, yeah, here's they, one, and then they started dropping like flies. The floodgates are open with that. Um, real quick, just want to give a shout out to Stadium Scene TV, our partners on the podcast, for helping us out all this uh, time. We appreciate all the support, guys. If you're looking for a new sports podcast or program to check out right now, especially with NHL, NBA, MLB playoffs all on right now, well, MLB soon, um, check out your new favorite programming at stadiumscene.tv. They got hundreds of podcasts and video streaming services. For you guys to check out and you guys can even see us on there and our little 10 minute episode that we did with dj fluck from stadiumscene.tv and if you're making uh content make sure to check out their mvp network to get you in line with hundreds of new listeners every single month that's stadiumscene.tv all right you two carnation and ben thank you guys so much for coming on last minute i know i just kind of stopped by and said i need i need people now and you guys, give me, you guys, join you now. Guys didn't even, you guys didn't even wait. You guys were like, hell yeah. Carnation didn't even give me a chance to introduce himself onto the podcast. He just went straight into conspiracy mode. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. You you need to get just a full one of just me and him. It'll be horrible. It would be horrible. I, I'd love to do that during the off season. 
Be it would be episode. horrible. I would love to do that. We'd, we'd just do a whole season recap at the end of the season. Just give our thoughts, and then Ryan would go on some conspiracy rant about the government. That would be that would be okay. a lovely little bonus episode we could do. I love that. Oh, bonus man. episode where Carnation goes bonkers. And Anthony and Ryan Ben just watch. All right. Well, we'll see you guys after the Indy 500. I'm probably going to release that episode next week, Tuesday, so be on the lookout for that. But until then, I have been Anthony. Kevin was once here. And uh, we had Phil Clark. Phil Clark was here. And we had Carnation and Ben. So thank you guys. Hmm. Say oh, bye. You're welcome. Oh, okay. Camera. I love <laughs> you. Goodbye. <laughs> see you guys next week. Love you. Bye. And now, from high above the start-finish line at Ontario, here is Ken Squire. Covering a city block in less than a second. Who will take the lion's share of $180,000 as it roars into the first turn and they begin to shuffle down the back straightaway? It is a two car joust. And now pulls in to appropriate the lead. Into turn three, he fireballs his way into the lead, goes out in front by one, two, three car lengths here. It is a game of improvisation being played at its very best right now. All the leading car owners, the patrons of the art, are here today. <laughs> Talk about a choo choo train. And look at that Oklahoma land rush back there. It is going to be a land rush to decide the Daytona 500. Down to the inside every so often to scoop some fresh air into the automobile because the gauges begin to roll around and get red and rosy out there. The gauges just get red and rosy out there and you have to watch them all the time. Lincoln car thrusting that machine back in front. Sticks it right in there out of turn number four. He may have shot his arrow a little too early here. Earnhardt retiring. The engine caves in on car number two. His car turning out to be a smoker, and that may indeed impair his health for this race. That is Donnie Allison, his engine erupting up here. Johnny Utzman hand grenades the engine. It detonates right at the start-finish line as the hopes of Johnny Utzman go up in smoke. The engine tortured at car number 27 and beginning to give up. The heart of the car beginning to go. And now he begins to ache, he begins to hurt Mark. And you can see A.J. Foyt's red machine up against the wall still smoldering a bit. But if they touch at 190 miles an hour, it's good night nurse. We've had a rash of yellow fever here today. There you see the Marcus car coming in on the hook. Marcus hopes have evaporated today. As he comes around where the Holocaust took place in turn number four. Following him, it is a Holocaust. Seven, eight, nine automobiles smashing. Jody Ridley crashing into the infield. Spinning, splashing their way down the road. And there's cars slithering and sliding down to turn number four. Slipping, sliding through cars. And it's shoot and scoot from here, David. Neil Bonnet, a stout and steady third out here. Allison resting beautifully in third. This is one beautiful driver. Laps beginning to unravel in this magnificent race. Getting some air, gobbling it up into car number 88 to keep the engine cool for that final assault. He's about to make his assault on Donnie Allison. A kamikaze attack. 
We have our own Banzai pipeline here today, and it's the start-finish line of the Daytona Speedway. Like bullets, they propel themselves out of the corner. And here comes the avalanche, spilling down into the first turn. Now they peel off like a squadron of fighter planes through the slower oh. machines. Oh, Bonnet almost getting pushed out. Bonnet comes to the inside in a slower car. Look at Bonnet looking for room. He can't find it. He's in the box. He is caught. He moves into the middle. He goes right through the buttonhole. Through the eye of the needle. He's still trapped. Heavy traffic. Beautiful driving. Draws a beat on the checkered flag as he storms out of turn number four at over 190 miles per hour.